Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Welcome back to the Larkcast. Uh, my name's Tony, and with me is Russ. What's up, Russ? What's up, man? Well, what, what are you doing? Bring that coffee mug back here. What is that? What you talking about, bro? <laughs> what <laughs> what is my, that? It's my jam. <laughs> that, you know what is that a, is? That's like... Um... So for those of you just listening on audio, Russ has um Russ has a, a coffee mug that, that looks like <laughs> something you'd find in chemistry class. Bro, look at this. It's, it's got, old school. It's got a skinny dude. No, it's cool for sure, but it's got this like very, very wide base and comes up to the skinny top. I don't even know what the technical term is that it's, it's a like captain's a, mug. It's Captain like so, it's like it's like someone kept spilling their regular mug, and they're like, you know what? F this. I'm not. I'm not messing with this anymore. And they made the <laughs> widest base possible, like something that would never tip over. There's like two ways you can look at it. First is, it is called a captain's mug, so naturally it's made for being on the ship. That way your coffee don't spill. But. Some people would buy it for that uncle who smelled like four roses. <laughs> <laughs> he got them shaky hands. He got the shaky. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I can't. But I can't tip over. Yeah, dude, my wife found this old school Florida mug, and she's like, "That's my husband." That's she's awesome. sweet. She's sweet like that. I love it. I love the I love the homemade nature of it. The color palette, the hand hand painted Florida scene on it, bro. That's like almost lark right there, ain't it? That's great. I like that. Yeah. I just have just Starbucks nitro cold brew from the gas station. I'm like kind of, mm. kind of slumming it today. Kind of slumming it. Normally, I'm I'm doing the, the V60. You know, pour over like eye roll. Like, oh gosh, here comes the pretentious coffee dude talking about his morning ritual. That's yeah. usually me. But I had to settle for uh, I had to settle for Starbucks because I was running late. But little did I know you were running even later than me. So I had time. I had time to make coffee this morning. It's true, man. It's very true. But hey, we're here. We're awake. It's getting towards the end of summer. It's a Monday yeah. morning. You I had don't know some, how I feel about some, that. Some time off, man. Put your feet up. I did have some time off. <clears throat> It was good. Good to good to get a break. I didn't do anything noteworthy. Um, you know, Airbnb with the family, let all the kids bring a friend. Pam and I were the only adults. And uh mm. it was fun, good times. Had a wedding this past weekend. I did it. Okay. I did the wedding. It was great. Outdoor wedding in Michigan. Really cool. Food was great. Dancing was great. Drinks were great. Um, 
they bought cigars, you know, for the cigar crew. They knew a lot of their friends smoked. I always appreciate that, you know, like when they provide it, I always have to like bring my own, you know? Um, Yeah. But um, the, the makes it taste better. The father of the bride could have been related to you. Like, (laughs) I'm not kidding you, dude. He he got up there. He was was a good, he was a good looking dude with some dance moves. (laughs) He was a good old boy. Dude, he had these alligator boots on. (laughs) And he was telling us the story. He grew up like deep southern Louisiana. He killed the gator that his boots were made out of. Bro, yeah, crocodile Dundee at the wedding. Man. He killed the he killed the gator, dude. He sent that hide in. The, the boots he was wearing were made from a gator he killed with his own hands. Uh um, Bobby Boucher. But before he started this, <laughs> before he started this speech, this, this here is his big introduction. He was like, you know, he says who he was, and he goes, he goes, golly. There are some beautiful women in here. He goes, man. He goes, ladies, you got to keep it up. Wow. Like a WWE wrestler. Dude. Oh, Oh, it was, it was inappropriately amazing. It was, it was so good. (laughs) Pam looked at me. Pam was dying. And then uh, later on, um, all the guys were smoking cigars. And so uh, all our gals were just, you know, sitting around and, and chatting. I think it was mostly mostly wives. Well, where do you think his name was? His name was Pat. Where do you think Pat was? You think he was <laughs> hanging out with the dudes or you think he was hanging out with our wives? Oh, Pat. Pat was not hanging out with the guys. Pat was talking to all our wives. Yeah. Pat was like, you may have known me from my former stage name, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Dude, he was he was a thousand percent like that. A thousand percent like that. Oh, At man. one point, he had Pam hold his drink because he had to get something out of his wallet. He goes, hold the, here, go hold this, darling. And I look over at Pam just like holding his drink for him while he like gets something out of his wallet and, and like gives his spiel. Pam said it was his uh, hall pass and like he looked like if he ever got in trouble, he would just bust this thing out. It was like some official document or something like that. He was saying, I don't even know. He goes, Well, I haven't had to use it with the popo yet. <laughs> I swear, dude. This guy's like and I was like, this dude is like if- <laughs> this dude is in Russ's family, like somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> If if Lark had like a wedding crashing team, <laughs> I think that they would be the captain. <laughs> the captain of the wedding crashing team. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm, I'm I'm laughing so hard, my head, my back, and my neck hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so getting back to the matter at hand, the Lark cast. If you're just joining us, we're doing a, a stretch of podcast uh, called Yeah, But. And the premise of Yeah, But, and we've been explaining this every episode, is when you get to talking about the finished work of Jesus, um, the amazing grace 
that is found in Jesus, who loved us so thoroughly, uh, so judiciously, so permanently in his living, dying, and rising. And you get to talking about grace, and you get to talking about it's finished, and you get to um, kind of poking holes at all of our alleged holiness and our alleged righteousness, which is interesting because we're going to get to that today. Yes, um, we are. And really talking about the life that we have now is not one of performance, um, sanctification with a capital S, and um, you know, good works. People always got a few yeah buts. They always got some yeah buts. And we're kind of hitting the bigger ones um, in this. I'm sure, you know, you guys have experienced that and and heard that. We've been br- bringing up stories and, and stuff like that. And a lot of these are from the, the conversations that we've had. But w- this is the string of podcasts we're doing right now. It's called Yeah But. And um, my yeah but for this episode is, yeah, but what about the judgment seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians five and have you got that one russ um just just maybe one time one time yeah (laughs) a day so how this got brought up to me was um i decided to get into an argument with someone at at a funeral about a month and a half ago and um it's just this guy i've been having uh old family friend love him to death good dude been in in my story and in my family's story for a long time but ever since i left the church that he and i kind of like grew up at we'll have these kind of little spars you know on um god's grace and his his thing is like you know more and more like jesus every day more and more like jesus every day he's kind of known as like a discipleship dude an accountability dude knows everybody everybody knows him and this whole thing is like up until the right, more and more like Jesus every single day. And I'm just like, oh gosh, you know, like not that I'm not like about, you know, the actual sanctification that comes from, from Jesus. Not that I'm not about him at work in our lives. It's just this ongoing sentiment, you know, that's just like up until the right more and more every day, you know? And we were talking about somebody that we both knew and why they were um, kind of probably more, you know, in the camp of like deconstructing. Um, not really doing everything a good church member ought to be doing. But you knew that there was an openness to Jesus still. And he was expressing yeah. just his pain of, you know, them just not being you know, in church, having the leadership position, talking about Jesus on this platform that he's given all these other different things. And so like, I just was like, I, you know, just really challenging, you know, this notion of, of the expectation and the pressure to be these kinds of people that maybe it's not so much Jesus he's running away from, but this pressure and expectation that we Mm -hmm. ought to be and becoming something and so i I get to just kind of talking about you know just a lot of different things i i feel like probably brought up some 
some parables in that, or he said something and, um, he goes, well, yeah, well, what about the judgment seat of Christ? We all got to like stand before him and give an account of everything, you know, we've ever, ever done. And I'm like, I'm like, man, what are you talking about? I mean, I knew what he was talking about, but I was like, man, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, you know, like we got to, we got to, we got to stand before him. We got to give an account of our entire, our entire life. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. The one who accepted zero lists, zero lists at every turn in scripture, someone brings a list. Yep. No go. Or if they want one, hands them a task that they 100% cannot and will not complete. Cannot and will not complete. Yeah. Like the uh, the Good Samaritan. Yeah, go mm-hmm. rack up 150 grand worth of medical debt on your credit card on your way to loving your enemy. Yeah. That's well, what the way, Good do, Samaritan is. Make sure you do it again tomorrow mm-hmm. when you see the next one. And then the next mm-hmm. day. When you see the next, the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and I'm like, let me get this straight. The the one who will accept zero lists, you imagine this going down, like at the end of your days, all of a sudden you got to present a list and give an account for a list. And so it's just, you know, it's like this back and forth. And I was just bringing up a bunch of stuff, dude. And he was, and he was just like, you could tell he was done with the argument. He was like, well, we, I don't think we're that far off. I don't think we're that far off. Agree to, you know, let's, let's, let's just agree to disagree. And I'm like, you know, I, I respect and, and, and love this guy, but I was getting a little, a little fired up. Cause I you just, more I, like, I, I, mm. and I just hate the injustice, dude, when people try to just nullify the grace of God, dude, you know, I just, yeah. I can't stand it. I can't stand it, bro. I get freaking fired up about it. And I can't help myself. Um, and so he so he brings up, you know, this the judgment seat of Christ, Second Corinthians five, or or you might know it as the bema seat of Jesus. I'm just going to go ahead and um and read it here. Um, for we must all appear. This is verse ten. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due. For what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, of course, this is sandwiched in between in Second Corinthians five, and we know in Second Corinthians five he talks about walking by faith and not by sight. Um, if the if the outer tenth of our body is torn down, we have something you know made from God, which is eternal. Second Corinthians five twenty one. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God. Like so many like amazing. You know, like good, like gospel finished work passages, a life of faith are in there. And then sandwiched in here, we have this, this moment. And I think I always like squirmed, you know, about this passage because I was, I was layering on top of it, this idea of a judgment seat as like a judicial seat Uh, in Mm -hmm. one hand is condemnation. And then the other hand is like acquittal. And I thought I'm like going to be given account for like everything, you know, in my life. Like, all right, let's, let's roll the tape of Tony's life from beginning, you know, to end. And so I knew like it didn't pass the whiff test, 
you know, with what I've been mm-hmm. discovering and in the scriptures about the goodness of this good news. And so I've been going back over it the last couple of weeks, been thinking about it and studying it. And um, what's interesting is we know this is written in, you know, the first century. It's placed in, you know, ancient Greece. Corinth sits in this area. And so Paul doesn't really have to explain what a what a judgment or a bema seat is at all. In fact, Paul, when he went to Corinth, he had to go sit in front of a judgment seat um, in front of Gallio because Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in his whole household and a bunch of Corinthians are believing too when he finally shows up there. And the Jews drag him in front of the court right to Gallio mm-hmm. to say this guy's preaching false gods and he's like man what does this have to do with me this if this has to do with your law you guys take care of it i don't care like what pilot should have done when what's yeah. interesting about that is <laughs> jesus had to go before a judgment seat in front of pilot so there were judgment seats that were judicial for sure they were they were public rulings right but there was one other judgment seat in ancient greece that had nothing to do with um, judicial matters at all and had to do with rewards and, uh, and like award ceremonies. And it has to do with the Olympics. The ancient Greeks invented the Olympics every four years. We're talking discus javelin, right? Running, boxing, wrestling, all that. And in the off years, Corinth would host um, these Olympics. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of it because it's like one of those where you're just going to sound like an idiot, but it's named That's... after this guy. It's like Istheus or something like that. Am and, I going to be, um, am I going to stand in judgment before the Lord? Because in that moment, about 10 seconds ago, I was really hoping you were going to try to pronounce that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, you're gonna definitely you're gonna have to give an account for that one, Russ. That one's gonna play back. Yeah, that one's gonna play back for sure. You think so anyway, he gives this final final cut? Um, so in this in this judgment seat that Paul talks about, this bema seat, um, it's it's very it's very similar to let me pull up this note really quick. It's very similar to Revelation twenty two twelve. Behold, I'm coming quickly or like surprisingly or suddenly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. My reward is with me. Okay. Mm. The same thing is happening here in second Corinthians five, his reward is with him. He wants to recompense. He has um, in that day, what would have been wreaths made of celery, by the way, Okay. But there was only one judicial seat, there was only one judgment seat, rather, a bema seat that didn't have to do anything with judicial matters. And it was these Olympic Games. It was an award ceremony. Very similar to how you would see in the Olympics with raised platforms. And it says that he's going to give recompense or reward or what is due to deeds done in the body, good or, or bad, or good or evil, right? Well, evil, if you look at it, can be translated a million different ways. And the the most likely thing here is um, worthless or kind of like good for nothing. It's kind of those right. 
things, if you, especially if you pull up the context of first Corinthians and I think it's like first Corinthians one or something like that. It just talks about like our, our deeds that we thought mattered, right? The deeds that weren't built on the foundation of Jesus, they were built on the foundation of our own righteousness. You know, all those things we think that count or counted, you know, for something like that killer alliteration I had in a sermon seven years ago that I thought was going to kill and just be like that killer 15 mm-hmm. second clip for Instagram. And I wrote it in there knowing like, Oh dude, this is going to get a ton of likes. You know, yeah. the foundation was me. The foundation was, you know, um, whatever, you know, all these things that we think are just so righteous and good and fruitful. They get burned up like hay and like wood. And Paul talks about in first Corinthians, like the things that just matter, like the things that are just like really born of like the spirit, you know, that fruit mm-hmm. that is from him, you know, not the things that were about us. So the, the, a better translation would be like worthless, you know, good for nothing, so to speak. It's not going to be our sin. We're not going to be sitting here talking about our sin. And honestly, like even on that, it's like, I was thinking this to myself. It's like, even if it was my sin, like I've been talking to you about all this, you know, everything about me, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not a single thing in my life, even the stuff that's like embarrassing. And I would never share on the Larkas that I have not talked to him about, or at least thought through or that he knows about me. And so I would even be open. I would even be open to that, but it's our sins and our lawless deeds. He will remember no more. Our sins and our lawless deeds. He will remember no more. And what's interesting. I just did a wedding this weekend and in the new covenant where it says, and I will remember your sins no more. It's not that God has amnesia. The the idea of remembering is I won't recall them against you anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to drag them up and hold them against you. Yeah. I'm not going to use them as firepower in an argument. That's what that means. I will recall these things against you no more. You think maybe we wrestle with that particular understanding? Because from my experience, and I mean, I haven't been, you know, there's people out there naturally who have a lot more life experience than I do, but in 45 years of life on this earth, I can't remember a single argument that I've ever been in with someone that I was not dragging up something right from them to hold against them and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Yep. It it 100%. just it's it almost kind of like it, it just goes together, right? Like this 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 uh this this fear right? Mm -hmm. That's sort of baked into our minds of what judgment entails is going to be the dragging up of what I've done and it being held. Yeah. In my face. Yeah. And so it, 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 again, if you further think about it, judgment has this way of kind of like revealing or manifesting, even it's really dragging out the truth. Right. And I don't know about you. Like I suspect this whole Bema seat moment is probably going to be more for our sake than it is for his. He already knows everything about us. Does he need to interrogate us to know the truth? Right. But again, so, as you've already stated in the covenant, it's been made plain that he's not going to do that. Right. He's not, he's not dragging up your past and holding it in front of you. Exactly. And you're going to have to give an account for everything that you've ever thought 
all the things that you've said, right? Mm -hmm. All the things that you've done, like this isn't happening. It's not that. It's not that at all. Again, the idea is a BEMA seat of awards, rewards. It's like, but it has to do with games. Again, it's yeah. games. Running, discus, javelin. Yep. So when you think about this idea of like, it's all a lark. And just life being like just one big game. Not, yeah. And I'm not saying that like flippantly. Like, I feel like this is a sobering thought, genuinely, because we're talking about the one who made us, reconciled us, a conversation mm -hmm. with him. There is a, there's a, there's a sobering thought about that. He's the truth. You know, we have reverence for him, right? For sure. Um, but dude, the, what's in view here is games. Um, this isn't life or death at all. Right. He has rewards and awards in his hand. So I think this whole Bema seat moment is for our sake rather than his. And especially too, like later on right here, when you get into five, he talks about it couched in between these things is walking by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith presupposes you're just not going to have the answers to a lot of things. You're just not going to be allowed the answer to a lot of things in this life. And I don't know about mm -hmm. you, but I'm actually, the more I study this dude, the more I'm looking forward to it. I actually can't wait for this moment. Well, why? Why do you say that? How will you imagine this happening probably hinges on what you think God is like. If you yeah. imagine, him, imagine him as this distant God, right? Who's withholding his love, withholding relationship, withholding friendship. Someone who just expects things from you and doesn't party with you, like all the parables that have mm -hmm. party implications, right? If you imagine him being distant and aloof, and if you imagine a judge as a judicial matter, well, I can see you're freaked out here. But dude, dude, Jesus is our righteousness. He's our savior. He's a friend of sinners. The scripture calls him our brother. He's yeah. a sympathetic mediator between us and the father. And John five tells us that the father judges no one, but hands judgment over to the son who is judged in our place so that we might find ourselves safely and securely united to him by faith. Yeah. And yeah, son who said, I did not come to condemn. Exactly. I yeah. came to save. Right. This is a Jesus who I've been talking to really my whole life. In fact, that pray without ceasing passage, that would be another one. Yeah, but pray without ceasing. Yeah, dude, you know what that is? That's one long freaking conversation you're having with Jesus throughout your entire life. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a 6 a.m. ritual that you exactly. need a framework that you need a framework for. Yep. It's ongoing conversation, one long conversation with the person who knows about you. So you think about this, and it's like we squirm at this passage because. We know ourselves and we really know we have some ugly stuff in our stories. And we're afraid mm -hmm. that we think somehow we misunderstand the finished work of Jesus. And we think it's going to be the dragging up of our whole entire lives. And it's going to be this, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see if you get in. Yeah. Or if Am you I get in a in, mansion or a tiny house. Yeah. Or like, or we'll, or we'll see if you get a gold status, platinum status or diamond status in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
what level you know you're gonna you're gonna be at we review in our we revert in our human limited thinking to imagine a criminal before a judge not a child before his dad who just wants to give out rewards he wants to give out gifts he wants to crown you he wants to yeah. celebrate you he wants to welcome you yeah. you know and um it, so i was just like looking at this and i was just like dude i get to have a one on one with jesus at some point about all the things that I'm actually pretty eager to chat with him about. And I know he's going to be with me just like he is with me now. I know he's my brother. He's my savior. Um, he's my Lord. And, and I'm just looking forward to it. Dude, the more I study it, I'm like, let's go, dude. I can't wait. This is going to be great. It is. And I love the the one-on-one understanding. You know, I think we've all like sat at a distance from people that we've cared about or admired or, you know, learned from. And yeah, you know, maybe you found yourself like standing in line somewhere, right. And hopes to, mm-hmm. you know, chat for a second or just or get yeah, an just autograph 10 seconds, or, get a picture you know, picture. But to think that, you know, you're going to get this one-on-one time, you know, mm-hmm. the, the maker and sustainer yeah. and reconciler of all things. Like the most important person in my life. Yeah. And you get to have this time where you're going to get to dive into all that he is and you are in him and be able to maybe piece some things together that you couldn't before, mm-hmm. but to be in this safe place and that type of conversation, you know, Dr. Thompson talks about conversation from the viewpoint of healing that there's actually a genuine, true healing that happens when we are in conversations where our full story can be heard mm. and welcome and welcomed. Yeah. And that's really, really, really hard to find on this side of the human story. Dude, it's almost like it's the healing of all healings, dude. That's what I'm getting. You know at. what I'm saying? Like, it's the it's healing gonna be of all every. Healings. Cause you're talking about like, dude, intent that you didn't even know was there. You'll probably be aware of now, right. Yeah. In your own story. But instead of curling from that in shame and fear of the one in front of you, mm-hmm. you, you actually just get to, to just kind of smirk about it, man. And like, man, and you were right there in the middle of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's just, there's something beautiful about it. And I will just go ahead and throw this in here. If you're that individual that's like, okay, I hear everything you're saying and I love this, but now I'm really going to get focused on my, on, on my efforts, man. So that those, those gifts, I got to have better gifts. You know what I mean? I want those better. Cause I've had people say that like, they'll eventually arrive to this conclusion. They're like, yeah, but, but that, I'm just doing it now, man, because man, I just want more rewards, dude. To which case I'm like, it sounds a little bit, it sounds a little bit like the disciples asking who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, bro. You might want to, you might want to back up on that. I don't think the gifts he's talking about are going to be like, you're going to be able to walk around town and rub your nose, rub people's nose. And the fact that you got gold and they got silver. Like that's, that's, that's how we operate. These rewards for these Olympic games, they were wreaths of celery. Yeah. Celery wreaths. Yeah. Celery wreaths. Think about that. Um, I, I don't, I don't, not even, not you, even like a side of peanut butter with it, bro. Just, just, just I don't celery. Think, I don't think we, we really understand 
you know, what's happening here. And that's kind of where I was at in this conversation. I was just like, I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. I just, it just, it's not going to go down how we like how it's been mm-hmm. embedded in our understanding of how we think this is going to go down. And I love that you brought up that conversation and the healing thing. Again, I think this is more for our benefit than for his. Yeah. He, what, like, what is he going to learn? This is for, this is for us. Like, I think, I feel like this is a, this is a way, you know, for him to, to love us in yeah. this for sure. And I look forward to it. I can't yeah, wait to. So for all of you out there who have wrestled with this, feared this, um, have been shamed by this or guilted by this, mm-hmm. this is, this is something for you to rejoice in. This is something for you to hear and, and find yourself going, man, in light of what this God is like, according to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, amen. Amen. I, I can't wait for the moment. Yep. Yeah. Dude, cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers.